If you ask me, nothing stinks more than when your husband Dutch ovens you with a big, ripe, juicy one and then holds your head down under the covers. Except maybe body odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi whole body deodorant. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control everywhere from your pits to your feet and yes, even those private parts. As a special offer, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code and link. Use code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. You guys know I absolutely love Lumi. I rock it everywhere I go. I work long hours. So if I'm doing like a podcast run or if I'm out at one of my husband's shows or just overall anxiety ridden and I'm sweating, Lumi has saved me so many times, especially a toasted coconut. I feel like it masks my odor a little bit more and especially that right armpit that always smells like beef stroganoff. If you know, you know. Once again, as a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Is this thing on? All right, gentlemen, coming to main stage next, this is Bunny. Get up there. She's got a tornado of titties coming your way. Get those dollar bills ready. She's got an ass that shakes like Michael J. Fox. So get up there and throw, throw, throw them dollars. Dude, that is fucking iconic. (laughs) What's up, you sexy motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Dumb Blonde. Today, we have the dynamic duo. We have an icon in our midst. It's motherfucking little white. What do, baby? What up, baby? And Mrs. White is it, can, do you, can I just refer to you as Mrs. White, or do you want me yeah, to call you Nicole? Mrs. White. I love Nicole. Me and Nicole are homies outside of here, but I just wanted to know what the proper terminology For these was. Purposes, I'll be Mrs. White. Mrs. Okay, white. gotcha. <laughs> Professional only. You know. Thank you guys for coming to Nashville. You guys are in Memphis, right? Yeah. Well, fucking well, Bartlett. We don't live in Memphis. <laughs> oh, you don't? Do you live like I mean, outside it's, of Memphis? The burbs. We it's got like, this, yeah. It's like Franklin to Nashville. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Like you just like you say, yeah, I live in Nashville, but it's technically like yeah. the burbs. Nope. Isn't it crazy whenever Jay and I moved from, you know, fucking actual Nashville, like a little apartment in Nashville out to the suburbs, we were like, property value went down. <laughs> like, oh, we brought our how property the fuck did we get it. here? You know, like, it was ne- just our crazy. Our street neighbor is a Shelby County Sheriff and he hates me. Oh, no. Well, I, ca- I may allegedly have called him a racist pig one night. Oh, fuck. <laughs> allegedly. This is what I was told. <laughs> I don't remember it, so it didn't happen. You know right. What I mean? No, I totally understand that. We are friends with Bartlett cops now, though. So no. we have like little like 
they like know which cars are ours, so they like leave us alone. I got yeah. me a little coin that says it's basically a get out of jail free card. I love it. I do too. <laughs> I just try to lay low out here, man. I got pulled over and I think I have a warrant now because I fucking I haven't gotten a ticket in so long. Oh, I'm by like, the way, that truck is sick. I ain't never seen it in person. That thing is clean. Oh, thank you so much. I love much. that color on the wrap. That's oh no, thing. me too, dude. I fucking I'm all about. Fuck. I told him I wanted the Elton John of G wagons. You got it. <laughs> yeah. You got it. You yeah. definitely got it. You no, for the sure. assignment completely. Dude, love <laughs> it. Um, I'm so happy you're here, White. Dude, you don't realize how much of an icon you are. Or maybe you do. Do you realize how much of an I'm icon humble. you are? I'm, I'm humble. <laughs> he, I mean, I get it. Like, like No, just, you don't need to be humble here. Just flex well, those example, nuts, baby. I mean, just for example, like we just ate uh, brunch at uh, uh, Ruby Sun's. Was it Ruby Sun? Ru- Ru- Ruby, Ruby Sunshine. Sunshine. Ruby mm-hmm. Sunshine. And we were leaving. And there was, a, there was like a whole family sitting at the table across from us. I kept seeing... You know, they kind of out the corner of her eyes looking at us. And <laughs> we walked out. I was going to the car, and this little young girl walks up. She was maybe, what, 16, 17. She's like, I thought she was fixing to ask me for some money, the way she walked up. <laughs> but her baby was, like, fresh to death. So it was like, this bitch don't need no money. Right. What is she about to ask? She's like, I'm sorry to bother you, but um, my mom wants a picture with you. Aww. And I was like, your mom? She was <laughs> like, yeah, so my mom's been a fan of yours for the last 20 years. And I was like... Okay, so that puts your mom at about forty-two. <laughs> but how does that make you feel, though? Do you do you like it? Like, I love it. I mean, like, like, and I've t- I, I hate it. I, I won't go this, out with Jay anymore. Because well, I of tell it. this to everybody, and I've been saying this for a long time. Juicy told me twenty years ago. Juicy J said, "When the pictures and autographs stop, it's over." Right. Well, that's true. And as long as you know, as long as one or two a week roll through, I'm still, I'm still good. Yeah. The boys still got it. I hate it. When I go out with Jay, like, we'll try to have, like, date nights, and... You just got to rent out the whole building and just hide in the back corner. Literally, I can't even get a date night alone with him because he's taking pictures and, you know, signing autographs all night. So, it's like, if we go out, it's like we have to go out of town. Well, I mean, to be honest, he's hard to miss, and ma'am, you're definitely hard to miss also. <laughs> like, you guys aren't. I like, mean, come we, on. Yeah, and I, that's why, like, like, even when we go out... We got like one bar we go to. Yeah. That's and it's sidecar. It's my little spot. I've been going there forever. And we just go there. Everybody's like, why do y'all always go here? It's like, because I can be myself here. Right. They and call me Patrick here. My name is Pat here. People don't call me Lil White here. These are my biker buddies and stuff. Yeah. We have our own seats. Like if someone's sitting there and we got, walk in, they'll be, hey, sorry, Nicole. Sorry, Pat. We'll get y'all. We can sit somewhere else. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. well I put a white music logo sticker on one of the napkin holders on the bar. <laughs> and like if we walk in and somebody's sitting there, they'll look at it and be like, oh, sorry, bro. Let me slide down. I'm like, dude, it's, I'm not that bougie, but yeah, get out my fucking seat. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you know. Well, one night we were. In there and I went to smoke a cigarette out back and I pushed my seat oh my forward God. onto the bar. <laughs> you know, when you fold your seat up to let somebody know you're sitting there. Yeah. Had my food sitting there, pack of cigarettes, some keys, and this guy, and, and keep in mind, I was, I don't remember what the occasion was, but there don't need one to be drunk. Um, I was drunk and the bartender was, he was like, hey, is anybody sitting here? And she was like, Tasha was like, yeah, somebody's obviously sitting here. So he slides all my shit down. Pulls my chair down and just sits down. <laughs> Allegedly, somebody pulled a knife on him. I don't know who that guy was. <laughs> There's a lot of alleged shit going on well, around you. Know, it's 2021. <laughs> I'm not. Incar- I'm not uh, uh, gonna. Uh, inc- uh, inc- what is it? Uh, incriminate. I'm not incriminate myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing that. So there's gonna be a few alleged around in this. In this no, listen, I know how you guys roll. I get it. Um, so let's let's. I want to just kind of paint a picture. I know everybody knows, you know, little white oxycot and all that stuff. But do they really know like your backstory, like where you grew up, like your childhood and stuff like that? So I kind of want to paint that picture. Like, were you always? Did you always grow up? And did you grow up in Memphis? Oh, like yeah. Yeah, born and up, raised. I grew up born and raised in Fraser, a little hood right right in North Memphis. 
um born and raised i mean we were actually like and you know we were probably one of the last white families to live in that neighborhood before it got just real bad yeah and my, when my dad passed away well i moved out as soon as that first check hit as soon as that first Dow Me Now check hit, I was out. Well, did you, um, so you said that, did, when you, hold on a second, <laughs> let me grab, let me grab my words here. When, uh, you were born, you were born in Memphis, whatever, mm-hmm. and yeah. then we're going to slow it down and get to slow the money. Down, but were you money. born into money or was it like, no, you God, were like no. poverty was, stricken or? I was a heating and air conditioning man. My mom worked at Kroger. No, we no, we were definitely yeah. poor. <laughs> did you always like rapping? Like, were you always into rap, or did you like music, or well, was that like your thing? There was, there's actually like outlet. There's actually a um, picture somewhere. I'm sure my little brother's got it. Uh, but there was a picture of me jumping on my bed at like five with a guitar, singing "Born in the USA." Like oh, definitely. So I've always been interested in music. Um. Crisscross Totally Crossed Out was the first actual rap album I bought. Right. Because my parents actually let me buy it because Walmart had it on cassette. Or Kmart. Somebody tried to rhyme, but they can't rhyme like this. Somebody tried to rhyme. I love Crisscross. That's how old we are, ladies exactly, and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm 142 million years old. Shit, I am fucking forever 26 because the internet says. My soul has <laughs> been here. The internet says awesome. I'm fucking 26. Well, like, I'll be your older sister. Yeah, you. I'm I like, whatever, dude. I'll, I'll fucking be eternal. I'm a vampire, bitches. I think my soul was created during the Big Bang. I feel like I've been here forever. Yeah. But um, I guess around like 10, 10 years old, I really got into like rap music. I liked it. So I would have to hide my rap CDs behind. Me and her were just talking about this. The other day. Mm-hmm. She had to hide the Chronic album behind the Britney Spears CD. <laughs> and um, I got in so much trouble when my mom found that too. She the Britney get, Spears CD? <clears throat> no, the, the Chronic CD. Oh, gotcha. The one, the, the one that had the weed leaf on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And did you grow up in Memphis too? Mm-hmm. Is that where, like, did you guys know each other as mm-hmm. kids or mm-hmm. when did you guys meet? She grew up on the whole other side of Memphis than I did. Oh, gotcha. Was she the suburb baby? No, I was the other side of the hood. Oh, yeah. gotcha. She was North Memphis and I was <laughs> East Memphis, basically. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But about 10 years old, I really got into rapping. The guy that lived across the street, rest in peace, Jimmy Collins, he uh, he built speaker boxes for like the whole neighborhood. He, you know... Go by the wood, pay him 150 bucks. He'll build a speaker box. So I would, I would be real young sitting over there with him just watching him build speaker boxes. And after he was done, he'd always pull out like some old triple six mafia cassette mm. before they were three six. And he would test out the bump with that. So like every time he got a new three six mafia tape, he would let me take it across the street, get a blank cassette, burn it before my dad got home from work. And I'd write like holiday classics on it or something like mm. to where he would never know. And then once CDs came out, my dad broke so many Three Six Mafia CDs. Cause when he was first it because he thought it was oh because they were graphic, just the okay. graphic content mm-hmm. and shit. Like I mean, once he when he first heard, and I had I was that kid that would go to like I'd ha- I'd cut grass in the summertime and I'd go to like yard sales and if I seen like a set of speakers for sale, my eyes would light up. So like by the time <laughs> I was like twelve, I had like forty speakers. And and looking back now, you need a big receiver to push forty speakers. And I had <laughs> right. like this little Sony boombox, which was definitely a fire hazard because I probably had six hundred wires running behind this stuff. And one day, my dad came home early from lunch and heard me bumping slob on my knob, slob on and my he knob. just snapped it in half, just broke it. I was always in trouble for singing Madonna in church, like a virgin. <laughs> I actually got in trouble for singing like a virgin on some grandpa's lap. 
Oh wow! <laughs> I was a kid. I didn't know what was happening, but you I was still listening. do very similar things. There, <laughs> I buddy. know some like, people <laughs> never change. You know. Listen, I was a whore from birth. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I got in trouble for trying to go to a church Halloween party dressed as a devil. No, Apparently no. Apparently, that's fried upon, fried, frowned upon. Yeah, it is frowned upon. I got fried sure. in church yeah. and they sent me home. I was like, You well, walked in and they were like, No, bitch. You talk home. about them in the Bible. So, yeah. technically, like, and it's a Halloween party. I'm just trying to bring all the characters to <laughs> life. Thought I was doing right. We were born It was an angel that fell from heaven, you know? Jesus. But, but like, it, I'm, and I'm not going to fast forward too far, but I, I yeah. wouldn't go back. But, like, it's funny because when I did sign the 3 6 Mafia, my dad walked right up to Paul and Juicy and was like, because I was 17 when I signed. They had to sign my contract. My dad walked right up to Paul and was like, Do you know how many of your CDs I've broken? <laughs> and Paul and probably here loved we are, it. And I'm, I'm having to sign my son's contract. He was like, I'm actually glad you did break them CDs. He was like, Why? He was like, Why? Did you go buy another one? I was like, Of course I did. He was like, see? He just kept the sales going. You can break all the CDs if you want to. <laughs> That's awesome. So moving forward, you know, dad's breaking all the 3-6 Mafia CDs. Was there any other people who inspired you besides 3-6 Mafia? Or were you just like, dude, I'm going to be a part of 3-6 Mafia no matter what? Well, I was I was a big Memphis rap fan, period. Al Capone, 8-Ball, MJG, Skinny, oh, skinny I love, Pimp. Skinny I love pimp. me some 8-Ball and MJG. I was listening to we them yesterday. With, we were just with them at the Grizzlies there game. There's some cool ass I want them to come on the podcast. I, can, I love I them. I make that happen Okay, sure. cool, yeah. They I love 8-Ball. But I was a big fan of all the guys, you know, like Skinny Pimp. Matter of fact, Skinny Pimp, when Skinny Pimp, King of the Players Ball album dropped, that was the very first verse on uh, Midnight Hose that I memorized the day it came out and went to school the next day and floated for the cafeteria and everybody thought that, that it was my lyrics. Did you always have a flow? Like, or did, did you have to practice it? Because you know how some rappers have to like practice and find their sound or was it just natural so for you? I had my, my partner, Lil Black. He actually gave me the name Lil White. Cause everybody used to call me a little pat and he was like, little pat ain't going to go nowhere. <laughs> he was like, he's like, I'm a little black and he was a crip. So he spelled his B L A C C. He was like, spell it different. Kind of like the word hype, but make it W Y T E. And I was like, Hmm, that actually might work. So what we would do is we would go to the lunchroom and we didn't battle. We just freestyled and rapped. Mm. And, uh, Freestyling, I feel, is harder oh, than just oh, your if you were to write a. Oh, one of the kings of it. Trust I me. know, and I get so mad because I want him to well, do more freestyles, and he fucking won't. Well, even back when we were working a lot together, back when even even when he was living in Memphis there for a while with me, um, you know, I told him, Jelly, you got to start writing this stuff down because if somebody somebody could just come in and say they wrote that, if you if you don't have no mm -hmm. documentation of writing this down, or at least jot down the main, because he would literally write down his rhyming words and just tack it onto the wall and he would just freestyle and just add the rhyming word freestyle and it, it, it's incredible watching him work that back back in them days like mm -hmm. that but i never I really was a, seen that. i was a writer i've always been a writer so what i would do we had lunch right before biology class and i hated biology class the teacher knew it he didn't even give me no problems so what i would do every day about the last 20 minutes of class i'd write me a quick little 16 bar verse mm -hmm. and i'd memorize it in that last 20 minutes so I'd go to the lunch table, no paper, no nothing in my hand, and he'd go around each person. And they always saved me for last because I was the only white boy at the table. Mm. And uh, 
they I just released this information like with since we've been together in the last You're few years. A false freestyler. I was a I was a false flag and freestyler. <laughs> oh shit. So, but, but I mean but if everybody you, thought, but hold on. If you wrote the lyrics, isn't that still considered oh, freestyle? For sure, yeah. I mean okay. it is. But like even back then they were like Nobody knew I had a, 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 a notebook full of rap. Did like, it have to be off the dome to be considered freestyle? Off, yeah, I mean, yeah, off the dome to be considered freestyle, yeah. But nobody knew that I, it wasn't off the dome because I kept it a secret, like right. literally up until like the last five years ago. I said it, I did an interview with somebody and I told them and they were like, that's pretty smart. But it was funny because nobody, everybody was like, how the hell does he fucking do this? Like, right. how, does, how does he do this? He's like, I was rehearsing in the boys' bathroom. I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty much dead, I swear to God, dead serious. I'd be in there whispering it to myself. But to be able to memorize that too in that short amount of time is that actually was pretty, another thing that tripped everybody out because they it, it's it's not easy to memorize mm. a whole sixteen bars. Shit, I can't I, even I remember have... fucking Mr. Grinch and that song's been around forever. I had to have the fucking <laughs> lyrics in the fucking booth, you know. So to, that's he you know. still does it too. Like people get mad like when he's got like record a feature. He's like he'll be in there writing the verse and stuff, and they'll, he'll drop it like one take. Jake and be done. They're like man, I ran the studio for eight hours. And he's like, like, you fucking wasted some money, buddy. That's I, how Daddy is. I'm too. hungry. I got shit to do. Yeah, no, that's how Jay is too. He's right, like, no, you guys I, are just fucking like programmed to. You we, guys are just we one of the goats. Together. You know, I mean, when, when we was on the road back in the day, when we was constantly going and going and going, we would we'd have like a little powwow in the van. Before we pull up to the studio, I'm like, all right, Bubba, are you going to go in here? You write your fucking verse, knock it out. I'm a freestyle mind. We'll be on the road in 45 minutes. And I we'll love be his impersonation. We'll be at we'll like Outback Steakhouse, Bubba, in 45 minutes. I'm fucking starving, and I got to take a shit. You know, it's even here. Yeah, it's a take a shit part, I believe. But to even hear my husband try to plan out something is hilarious. Because I have to plan everything. <laughs> nah, that dude is like too. a hot air balloon. I got to catch him and like she bring him down to earth. plan everything. I am just... That's oh hilarious. God. Okay, so you went from doing, you know, freestyle, quote unquote, <laughs> battles in school. And then when did you decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to start taking this in the studio and I want to record an album. Well, so I guess my sophomore year in high school, it got to the point where like all the all the football players, it got to the point to where like after I'd been rapping for two or three years in school, People would come over to the lunch table just for my verse. Mm. And they would just wait. They listen to everybody else's verse. And then by the time I was done, they'd just be like, oh, God, he fucking went crazy. <laughs> so, like, seeing the response from my peers is what really made me want to pursue it. And then um, the Three Six Mafia album, The End, they had, and they've never done this before, but they put just an instrumental at the very end of that album. Just an instrumental. No, no lyrics or nothing. And I was like, ooh. I'm going to use this instrumental because, I mean, back in the day, you couldn't buy beats in the 90s and mm -hmm. shit. People yeah. weren't doing no. that. No. You can buy them off, like, fucking Anywhere the internet now. now. Shit, yeah, it's you can crazy. Have somebody text you a beat now. Yeah. But, like, so I would, I literally went home, popped that CD in, got my other little player, hit play, record, and wrapped into that little tiny little microphone and made my first demo tape. So I took it to the guys that was in my neighborhood that, uh, they had a little three, four white guy rap group. It was the only white boys in the neighborhood that could rap. And I just came to them. They were like three, four years older than me. I was like, look, y'all need one more person. Here's my demo. And it was like a cassette. I'm like, play the motherfucker. Trust me. Mm. And um, they did. They liked me. They ended up getting on like that out. Their, their, their next mixtape. And my dad, one day, when one night we were all out in front of my mom and dad's house. It was like 10 o'clock. We're all beating on the back of my mom's cutlass, making the beat and stuff. And that actual night, I did freestyle some stuff just off the top of my head. 
You and felt I'm, like the pressure to have to do it? Or? Well, yeah. Well, not only that. Like, it was me and some of my closest friends that right. know I can rap. Right. And um, I uh, I went inside to get, like, a glass of sweet tea or something. And my dad had been sitting on the porch in the dark the whole time listening to us. I didn't even know he was up there. So as I'm walking by, he's like, hey. And I was like, whoa, shit. You scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> he's like, uh, was that you? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, when all your black buddies just went, oh, was that you that did that? I was like, yeah, that was me. And he was like, well, I get my income tax check in like two weeks. What could you do with 1500 Could you make a demo? Aww. And I was like, fuck yeah, I could. I'll bring you the receipt. I will spend every penny of that shit on a demo. He went from breaking CDs to making your to first CD. To realizing that, that I, I had, it was something there. So sure enough, like two weeks go by. He walks in my bedroom. I'm sitting there like playing video games or some shit. He just gives me a check for $1,500. And he was like, uh, take that to the bank, put that in your account, and start start doing what the fuck you said you was gonna do and within Aww. like within like three months me and the other guys had a full demo tape made up and just for the record they never paid my dad a penny from that shit I don't, I don't mess with them no more anyways but um like five six years go by this is after i'm already with three six and mm -hmm. i had a real nice fat little check come in and I was like, I'm finna pay that back tenfold. I took that 15 grand cash and just set it. I took it, just set it on the coffee table. I basically made it rain on the coffee table. He was like, Aww. what is this? I was like, this is your 100% return. This is your investment. This is your 100% return investment. He was like, you, I don't need this. I was like, it's not about needing it. I needed that 1500 so this is yours. Aww. And he was like, are you good? I was like, I still got 140 grand in the bank. I'm straight. He's like, don't worry about me. Aww. And that, that weekend, he went and bought a bass boat and a motorcycle. Oh, he's living his best life. He was, man. So, peace, pops. I know. I Dude, that makes me so sad. I, the, I think one thing that is probably the hardest thing to ever watch is your spouse go through losing a, a parent. Like, Jay is still, he can't talk about it without crying. Even like when, um, you know, when, when Buddy passed, you know, I reached out to Jelly like immediately. Yeah. And because I know what he's going through. And uh, when we were at the Ryman, I said, you know, they're up there watching you, right? Mm. He was like, how the fuck you think we got here? He's like, we've mm. always had them guardian angels watching us. Mm. No, that shit's, uh, I just, I hate it. Because you can hear the pain in your voice when you talk about your dad, you know, so. I mean, but at the same time, you know, like. And the love. He. I don't, it's, it's crazy. It's like he passed in 08 and now like every year for his birthday, we throw him a big ass birthday party. She, mm. she throws him a party for years. That's we were the first couple of years we would throw a party, like a cookout on the day he died. But then the more, the older I get, I've woken up what the last three years and just mm. couldn't figure out why this, why I'm in a fucked up mood. Aww. And by the end of the night, I'm like, fuck Today was the day dad died. That's mm. why. So the healing process of that is getting better for the simple fact that that date don't bother me no more that mm. bad. But we always make sure we throw the fuck down on his birthday. Like yeah. the first year she did it, she did it as a surprise. Oh my God, mm. it was so hard. I was and like Phenom Xanax <laughs> on the way home from a show. I'm like, just go to sleep. She's so like, just here, eat that, eat that. I got some phone calls. You want calls some now. crown? You want to take a nap? <laughs> Wendell, drive faster. Yeah. I should have brought my crown. Is Wendell me. still around? I remember when I met you guys six years ago, he was around. We're still super good friends. He don't work for me no more. Gotcha. We, I just talked to him the other day after, uh, you know, Wes Phillips passing. Yeah, that's fucking horrible, man. I know, right? It's crazy, especially when people like our age are passing. It's just like, bro. I mean, he's, 30, he's only six months older than me, and I'm yeah. 39. Like, so yeah, just it's crazy. Scary. It's, it's terrifying. Well, let's uh, let's bring it back. So, did you meet Jay before you signed with 36 or after? It was actually right after. Um, I'd say six months 
after Doubt Me Now, my first album dropped. So this was like 2003, 2004. Well, let's talk about you signing with 3-6 and then we'll get into you and Daddy Roll. But so Daddy Roll. So um, you dropped your first album with your dad's money that he invested. Right. And then from there, what happened? So the guys that I was rapping with at the time, it's actually a pretty crazy story. Like, So I was working at this warehouse. uh, It was like a a warehouse for I could not see you working in a warehouse. (laughs) I don't like people. Yeah, I was going to say, you would have a bunch of alleged situations going on. (laughs) I mean, my my very last job was a manager at Blockbuster. Who the fuck makes me a manager? I was still in DVDs, allegedly. And all kind of shit. I was still running Little Mermaid at that same blockbuster. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds like it sounds fucked up when she says. It <laughs> I that wonder way. if you guys crossed paths. We had to because I worked like every day, and I Little Mermaid was always rented out. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so the day, uh, so I was working at this warehouse. It was actually like a, a offsite warehouse for FedEx. Or like, uh, I guess you say like the, the employee catalog, where they order like golf balls and shit like that, just like mugs and. It was one of those little small warehouses, and I was working there. We were listening to K97 that day, and uh, Mike, my supervisor, I'll never forget it. Paul and Juicy were like, hey, just to let y'all know, uh, we're in the process of looking for a couple new artists. If y'all see us in the street, give us your demo. Don't be afraid to walk up and speak. You know, we're, we're, we're genuine dudes. We're good, good people. Just come just come holler at us. Give us your demo. I would and be scared I, of I had I had <laughs> just given Mike, my supervisor, the demo the day before. Because I went and got like 500 cassettes pressed up, packaged, barcodes, the whole line. Brought my dad back his Those 17 Those were the days, cents. back in the days. God, I missed them days. I know. And um, Mike's like, uh, man, you should just leave work right now and go to K97. And I said, Mike, I got a baby on the way. I can't miss, I can't lose this job. Like mm-hmm. I, my, my baby mama's three months, four months pregnant, whatever she was at the time. So come to find out, I get home later on at night. I, it's, I can still taste that night. My mom made fucking spaghetti with chef salads and f- fucking French bread. I still remember <laughs> it like it was yesterday. So I just got off work. I'm making my plate. The phone rings. My dad answers it. My dad, it was the house phone, of course. Oh, my dad answered the house phone. My dad was like, Pat, telephone. It's it's, it's your boy or whatever. And uh, I answered. He's like, bro. So today, 3-6 Mafia was at K97. We took him our demo. I was like, what? He was like, yeah. I was like, bullshit. He's like, no, they want to meet with us like tomorrow or the next day. I'm like, dude, look, I just got off work. I'm hungry. I ain't got time for this shit. I don't got Click. time for these and games. I, I, I hung up on him. He calls me right back immediately. He's like, this is not a drill. Mm-hmm. Three Six Mafia has our demo. They listen to it. And within an hour, they called us back. Mm-hmm. So like, I go back to work the next day and I tell Mike, I'm like, dude, the world works in mysterious ways. And I told him about them going to drop the demo off and me not having to lose my fucking job. And, uh. I was like, he was like, well, what you need me to do? I said, like, look, one of them's supposed to call tomorrow afternoon at five. He's like, so what's the big deal? I was like, I don't get off work till six. He's like, not tomorrow. You're getting off at four thirty tomorrow. You need this because he was like, he, he he really wanted me to win. Yeah. And um, and it was your number on the mixtape. Yeah, and it was my mom and dad's phone number on the back of the mix. The house number was on the back of the mixtape. So like, my fucking house number blew up. Every day, once because once they got into circulation, oh yeah, we were like the imagine. most talked about shit in our neighborhood. Yeah, we, but they, everybody knew something was about to happen between either all of us or one of us. Right. And um, I go over to dude's house, and he's like out on the front porch on the phone. He's like, hold on, hold on one minute. I'm gonna have everybody around the speakerphone, and I'm cracking a joke. I'm like, oh, who's that DJ Paul? <laughs> and he goes, he comes to the phone. He goes, no, it's fucking Juicy J. Shut up. I was like. <laughs> 
I'm like, is this shit real? Because I'm still in disbelief. So we crowd around the old conference phone, put it on speakerphone, and sure enough, hey guys, what's up, man? This is Juicy J, man. <laughs> hey man, uh, I just want to let y'all know, man, y'all got some hard shit, man. And uh, man, we want to we want to meet you guys, man. Y'all can come to the studio tomorrow. I called Mike soon as soon as we left that meeting. I said, Mike, I will not be coming into work tomorrow because they want to really see us. This shit is real. So we ended up going up there. How are you feeling? Were you like nervous? Well, as fuck? the problem was, I think all three of the other guys in the group saw me as a threat because I was younger. Well, and I was you also were probably the talent. The talent, um, the sexiness. Yes, my, my, oh, my <laughs> I'll overall, let you. I'll let you speak on that. My one. overall <laughs> sexiness. Um, so I get home. And I'm calling all the guys like, hey, man, we got to be at the studio. That's going straight to voicemail. Every one of them. I'm like, these motherfuckers done left me. Mm. And they did. Wow. And so they were hating from the gate. From the gate. Hating from the gate. And your dad is the one that fucking invested yeah. in the damn CD. And then it hit me. Go to the caller ID. I scrolled back. Oh, my God. I remember caller ID. I, scroll- I had to think. I was like, caller ID. <laughs> I scrolled back like three days. And sure enough. Hypnotized Mind Studio was one of the missed calls that they called during the day. I was at work. My dad was at work. They probably wanted you anyways. Oh, I'm getting to it. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, they probably, so, it was you that I they remember 281-1117. I still remember the fucking number. That's so crazy, man. So I called the number and Poncho, their old security that worked the front desk in the reception little area answers. And he's like, Hypnotized Minds, what's up? I was like, hey, uh, this is Lil White. Uh, are there three white rappers in there? He's like, yeah, it's supposed to be four of them, though, is what I heard. I was like, yeah, it's me. What's the damn address to the studio? These motherfuckers left me. He's like, oh, that's messed up, man. He's like, 301 Washington Avenue, Suite 302, pound 1802 at the gate. Still remember that shit like this. Nothing. So I pull up. I'm in my mom's two-door cutlass, baby blue. Oh, my God, I wrecked one, a green one. And, man, <laughs> I pull up, and I'm like... If this code actually works, this is going to be amazing. So I'm <laughs> pound 1802. Mm, gate opens up. I pull around. There's like Mercedes everywhere. Rolls Royce. Oh, you know and Paul and his fucking and I, yeah, when I <laughs> fancy, saw that Rolls, fancy car. It's a Capricorn thing. When I saw that goddamn big body Benz blacked out black rims and just, I was like, well, I'm here. And then I looked underneath <laughs> the back. I have yeah, arrived. I, I looked underneath the where you could see the back, like the parking spot. And it said, parking for hypnotized minds dj paul juicy j i was like this is insane so i went upstairs i opened the door when poncho opened the door let me it was so weird because when i got to the door i could see my reflection in the wood door and i was just like this is happening this is fucking really happening three six mafias on the other side of this door <laughs> and i'd never been to a concert <laughs> you gonna shit your I'd pants never met them i never attempted to meet them and uh i walk in and paul's sitting in like a swivel chair like just an office chair or whatever and he's watching a game or something and he spins around real slow like fucking dr evil or some shit <laughs> and he goes you must be little white and i was like yeah and i look around at the other guys in the fucking room like forget somebody <laughs> yeah and they were like oh hey white we were just about to call you blah 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 fuck off what so, douchebags so right? uh while we're in there like within the first 15 minutes that we were there Hey, Juicy, how much you pay for that watch? How much the Mercedes cost outside? No. Y'all got some bad bitches? I know y'all got some good drugs in here. And I just stood up, and I walked away from that conversation. I walked down the hallway, 
And in the hallway, it was all their plaques and all their golden mm. platinum records and shit. And I'm just, I'm just reading all of them. It's like surreal. I'm just reading all of them. And Paul got up from the conversation. And he walked upstairs. And he saw me in the hallway and he put his arm around me and he was like, "You want you one of those?" I was like, "I want a lot of these." To be <laughs> I was like, I, "But I refuse to be part of the conversation they're in down there." I was like, cause that conversation ain't shit until you get my bad, until you get one of these. Mm-hmm. You ain't finna get no fucking car, flashy fucking diamond watch, or none of that shit till you break make the music and make the money. Yeah. Paul was like, You're you're a smart kid. How old are you? I was like, seventeen. He was like, Fuck. Seventeen? I was your like baby. Yeah. He was like, Yeah. I was like, he was like, How old are they? I'm like twenty three, twenty four, whatever. He was like, Okay. He was like, All right, I see, I see what's going on here. So, like, six months go through negotiations and shit. We're all walking on eggshells for six months, hoping. The they, whole band or the whole, the whole group, group yeah. yeah. Did you guys have a name? It was the SFC, the Shelby Forest Click. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm only answering this because it's you, Bunny. Ah, I love you. Um, That's an exclusive. It's an exclusive. <laughs> but, uh, so, about six months go by, we get a call. Both of me and uh, Dale, the main leader dude or whatever, we get a call, and he's like, it's our attorney. And our music attorney, he's like, uh, I got good news and I got bad news. You know, we all crowded around the fucking conference phone again. And at this point, I'm over at his house and it's like about 15 of them. And I'm there by myself. And they've all been like best friends for decades. Mm. And so we're all sitting there. And he's like, all right, what's the good news? And dude, the attorney's like, well, the good news is the contract's in and it's a pretty good contract. It's a decent contract for, you know, first time, you know, new artist. He's like, okay, well, what's the bad news? The bad news is it's only for a little white solo deal. Yes. There's like, but in the Boom, process, bitch. if the solo deal goes well, y'all will be on the album and y'all will have a group album afterwards. We're just going to test the waters with the solo deal. And everybody was like, oh, okay, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. They, they were fucking they, so pissed. We hung up the phone and the main dude, he leans forward. He goes, so what you going to do? You going with them or us? <laughs> I mean, you motherfuckers left what? me. Like, is that even a fucking? What did you just ask? Am I going with y'all <laughs> or Three Six Mafia? You tell me. So they it actually was... ended up backing me out to my car. Like I had to walk backwards because I was like scared. Because like, they was... wanted to like fight you. There was fifteen of them. They was ready to rip me apart and throw me in the lake next door. And man, I walked backwards to my car. I said, "Look, man, I got some thinking to do." <laughs> I'm going home. I will call y'all tomorrow. And then, like, you know, as soon as I got home, I talked to my dad about it. My dad was like, man, fuck them guys. Them guys still ain't even paid me a penny from the 1500 and none of that shit. Yeah. And uh, I called DJ Paul, and I was like, because Paul and Juicy both gave me their phone numbers that night at the studio, and they was like, look, we ain't giving out our phone numbers to everybody, but if you need anything, you call me. So I called Paul. I was sitting on the back of my dad's pickup truck, just sitting out there just in disbelief of everything that just happened. I'm smoking me a it's blunt like a to whirlwind. the face. I mean, and you're, <clears throat> you're still a baby. You're literally 17. Yeah, I'm you literally know? 17. No matter if you're having kids on the way and fucking right. record deals, it's still a lot to take in at that age. So I called Paul, and I'm like, you ain't gonna believe this shit. I'm like, bro, these folks are already beefing with me. He said, oh, y'all must have got the call from the lawyer. I was like, <laughs> yeah, we did. I love how Paul's so nonchalant about I was like, it. Yeah, he's still, <laughs> Paul, he's, he's always like fucking that. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. So like, um, he goes, he's so stupid. I said, guess what they asked me? He said, what? I was like, they asked me what I was going to do. Go with them or go with y'all. He said, so what? what's the decision you're going to make? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm on the phone with you. I had to basically run out of their house to keep <laughs> getting shot. 
Yeah. He was like, don't fuck this up, Paul. And he was like, and the next thing you know, for like the next six, probably the next year, every time they would drive by my house, throwing shit at my house, just fucking terrorizing my neighborhood and shit. And, you know, they got the best of us a couple of times. We beat the shit out of them a few times. And one fateful evening after I signed, my parents had to go sign my contract. This was probably a month after I signed my contract. I was out of town somewhere with some friends. I want to say we were at like Spring River or something like that. We were out just doing some redneck white boy shit. Four-wheelers and canoes and stuff. And <laughs> I get a phone call. One of my partners got a phone call from my dad because my phone was dead. And they were like, Pat needs to come home ASAP. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? Come to find out they sent a crackhead to my mom and dad's house to whoop my ass. And I wasn't there. All because they didn't get signed. Yeah, so they beat the shit out of my mom and gave her brain damage. Oh, my God. And it, it, it kicked in early stages of dementia and Alzheimer's, and she fucking lost her mind. So oh. Like, and it's like, they know they know what they did, you know what I mean? Are these guys still... I don't still, think they know are, the extent of what happened to her. Are and these then, guys still around? Like, are they, Yeah, they're still it, around. But, like, are they in prison, or are they just no, fucking losers? In, I mean, yeah, one of them... The, the main guy that did it, he went to jail for accidentally killing his girlfriend oh sounds like a great person and um yeah i mean they've they 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 got karma that's been handed to them left and right one of the main dudes who started all the bullshit he's from what i hear he's basically a walking deathbed he's done did so many drugs and Mm. just i think i got most of them finally like blocked on his social media because they would like he would like make a post and they'd be like white stole my lyrics back in the day and i'm just like God, there are people Crack that, it, please. I swear, there's people that do that to Jay, too. Oh, and it's like, know. literally, I'll, I'll hit them up and be like, okay, oh, so you guys had a bad business deal. Let me write you a check. Or Jay will be like, let's write you a check if, if it's such a problem or if it's like a legit issue. And they, they don't want the money. They just want to talk shit. They want the, they you want know, to talk th- shit. They, they want, want the they clout. they want Jelly to be like, yeah, I stole that lyric. Yeah, well, yeah. It's just, it's, well, people. And Jelly, want, and me and Jelly are the same way. If I use someone else's lyric, I'm gonna give them props in Absolutely. that verse, like like you know I'm even like I've even quoted a couple of Jelly Roll lyrics like Totem Pole say some 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 yeah. you know what I'm saying like but people don't pay homage that's what it is yeah and that nine times out of ten that's all these motherfuckers won't yeah they but, just want the cloud and, and I don't even do that unless it's one of my partners like if it's a DJ Paul or a Juicy Line or something like yeah. that and I will always pay homage to the person who said it first and I shit I've I can tell you. Jelly ain't stolen by his No, I these are more like people who are like, oh, he slept on our couch and you know, we funded some of his his studio time. Yeah. And if it's legit, Jay's like, cool, let's write him a check. And I'll be right. like, okay, let, I'll slide in their DM. Instead of you making a post talking shit about how much of his wife's a whore and fucking all this other shit, let us write you a check. And then they'll be like, uh, no, it's all right. We don't want your money. You just would rather sit there and fucking talk shit. Like people are just fucking miserable. People, I mean, they did get off on it. I literally spend like every morning, I wake up. And I go through all the comments, like even the 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 R.I.P. West stuff. They were talking mm. about him. They were talking about Jelly. They were like, like this is you're, you're missing the whole point. He just lost his best fucking yeah, friend. Like, and y'all in here, and then they were like putting his song lyrics. Like, don't do the lyrics to Oxycontin on R.I.P. post. Yeah, that's terrible. Or people don't like know how to read post. the room. Hey man, you hey check out my music. Hey man. I'm clearly crying right now. Yeah. Do you think I want to listen to your yeah. bullshit ass song? Oh, no. no. I literally had a post the other day about how I had depression. And I have like fucking 10 people in my DMs asking me for money. 
It's like, bro, I fucking feel like I want to hang myself today. Like, and you literally, all you're asking me for can is I to. Can I, can I hold a hot 20 before you, you know. <laughs> oh, no, they asked me the for, these motherfuckers are like, can you pay like 5,000 for this? I want to get my body. I had people who asked me to get their body done for them. Like, it's just, it's the craziest thing ever. But they, people just don't know how to read a room anymore. They don't. You know, the, I, I said this the other day on a podcast we were doing. The internet has made people comfortable with saying shit that they would never say to somebody's face. Never because they, say they, to face. they forget that our generation grew up liking the fight yeah. i like I, to fight i still get in trouble i'm not allowed to fight anybody the one time i went to swing <laughs> on somebody he grabbed me and he like handed me to like two of the big homies and i'm like this yeah. is bullshit like let i me grabbed just... her i had to hook her arm and i was like take her <laughs> listen if somebody touches her you big fuckers rip that motherfucker in half i'm so crazy I, can fight. I'm good. I am so crazy i want to go through your entire friends list find your wife your grandmother i want to find out where you work i want to <laughs> fucking wreck your life you know like i'm that crazy so yeah people... oh your favorite teacher was your third grade english teacher uh, <laughs> yeah that bitch is dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah no for sure all right so let's bring it back so you signed with um three six and then from there you guys made an uh your solo album or you did yeah. an album with them we uh made the solo album doubt me now the first actual track they put me on it was crash the club and they put it on project pat bonus disc project pat whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. So Mr. Excited. Pata. yeah he's an aquarius like me i just found that out i was like i knew i he's was gangster yeah they put it on a bonus disc and nobody knew i was white everybody just thought i was some new artist for three six and i was like damn dude's hard as fuck so even though when we when we ended up coming out and dropping the album, Paul made the album cover black and white like the Scarface cover, so people still couldn't figure out if I was black or white. Right? Because I guess just hearing you, you would sound like a black artist. I mean, I've heard that a lot. I mean, the, the older I get, I hear my countryness come out. You mm -hmm. know, because like even though I lived in the hood, you know, I went out to my godfather's farm every summer and stayed the whole summer and got my my good old boy shit in mm -hmm. i thought the same thing though when i first heard his show, <coughs> the the demo with the group before he got signed i, I yeah she had actually it. heard my demo and before. I, I was like i like that one dude who's that and like yeah my my best friend was dating some little redneck dude out in like millington he's like that's little white and i'm like why is his name little white like why is a black guy going by little white and they're like no yeah. no he's super cool and i'm like whatever y'all Little little did you know you'd be slobbing his knob later right. on well, in life. Hell, <laughs> I still get so I still like have like little moments where like if we're in the studio or doing something. I'm like, yeah, that's mine. Y'all the bitches bitches couldn't handle that. Shit, I see Jay in the studio and I'm like, who wants to come suck it? <laughs> Who's gonna suck it tonight? <laughs> I swear we were just in the studio with Justin Time. Shout out to Justin Time. We're working on this project. He's coming on the podcast too. That's a funny motherfucker. Yeah, he, you got he's got to bring his buddy Big Murph with him though. Murph is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Oh, that's awesome. But um, every time I walked out the booth, she had these like I'm gonna fuck the shit out of you guys. I always <laughs> like to send them. I'm like, let me see, let me see, let me see your nutsack. And he'll like go and then come back and I'm like, thanks baby, that's the nutsack I was looking for. And he yeah. was like, put so your, I did good. I'm like, put yes. your balls in this verse, babe. Put your, put your dick and balls in this feature. Just fuck that verse, baby. But, um, <laughs> fuck um, the shit out of that verse. But yeah, so like after after we dropped my first album, uh. E, Eric, from out here in Nashville, he mm -hmm. put. I can't think of his name. Yeah, fucking, he's he's K. Yes. Yes. We know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. So <laughs> I, he's he's come around too a few times so in these six years. E Jay and I have together, been together. E Not put, uh, come around us, but reared his ugly head. He put together a tour with me, Jelly, Stack, Struggle, Alexander King. I want to say Nashville was there, uh, and like one or two more people. I can't remember who it was. 
So like we we pull up at this hotel in Knoxville and it's just like me and one other per- my partner that used to ride with me and shit and DJ. So when me. did you before you get into that tour did so when did you meet Jay? That's what that this is. This what, is the yeah. tour. Okay, so you didn't even know who they were. You yeah, were just no, going I mean, on tour with them. Of, I knew of Stack. I'd never met Stack. Right. I knew of Stack because I'd heard some of his music. It didn't get played a lot in Memphis because Memphis is just so hood. But I definitely had heard of him and um. I pull up, and of course, it was back in the day, the outdoor hotel rooms with the fucking crime scene oh, tape yeah, around where yeah. the, before the, the crystal motels, meth lab yeah. blew up. And, uh, Those I are my favorites. I look up on the The balcony. hourly ones. I look up on the, <laughs> on the second floor balcony, you know, that walks to your rooms, and there's like the goon platoon. And I mean, it's all of them up there. And I'm like, fuck. What you <laughs> I'm like, it's just me and you. I ain't bringing no gun. I don't know these motherfuckers for shit. And of course, when we first walked up, First, I love that you guys are also gangster because people person, would never think that you guys were, but like Jay moves like that too. Oh, like, Jay, Dad, we're not gonna get into his gangster shit. We, <laughs> we all know about Jay's gangster. But shit. I just love that you guys are like you know gangsters, and it's just like so, you know, you not can, the typical gangster though. So you can take the girl out the hood, but you can't take right, the hood out the exactly, girl exactly. So we, I'm like looking at all these big men. This was back when you know struggle was fat, jelly was. Little bigger than he is now. <laughs> he had braids down his ass. Uh, so I would have never dated him. Ew. And um, <laughs> I walk upstairs, and uh, Stack sees me first. He goes, "There goes, they got a little white right there." <laughs> and uh, Jelly turns around immediately. He's like, "Oh, what's up, man? We're all big fans and shit." Struggle walks right up to my face, like as close to this mic is, and he goes, "Hey, bro, you know you sampled my grandpa," <laughs> and I'm like, "Who the fuck is your grandpa?" <laughs> Wailing fucking Jennings. I was like, oh, shit, I'm about to die in Knoxville. <laughs> and he, like, gave me this mean mug. And I know you've seen it. Mm. Struggle's got that eye. He's like, nah, I'm just fucking with you. My whole family loves that song, man. Y'all killed that shit. I was like, bro, fucking scared the shit out of me there for a minute. I thought you were going to throw me off this balcony. He's like, nah, man, my whole family loves that song. We love what you did with it. You And especially being a Juicy J, DJ Paul track, it just makes it even better. He was like, so, so y'all, you're family with me now. And it was funny. We was only on like a little 10 city run, but it was called the White Boys Can't Rap Tour. And of course, all of us can spit. Right. And uh, it was just weird because I was the smallest and Jelly was the biggest. And it was just, <laughs> we just, we just clicked. I think it was just that. Like we would always joke about him being so much bigger than me and me being smaller than all it's of like them. It's like Mutt and Jeff. Yeah, the cartoon characters. <laughs> like it was just like, we just, me and Jelly just clicked. Like, I don't know what it was. We Our personalities just clicked. And then, like, I, I had so much respect for him as an artist when just, you know, his, his stage presence as such a big dude. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? As such a big dude. Jelly will get on that motherfucker and rock mm-hmm. that bitch. Oh, no. He don't fuck around. His stamina on stage, he could be fucking 500 pounds and still fucking just run from one side I've of the stage to the it. other and My bounce up and down. My little ass here with asthma and I spoke Newport's. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. slow down, Jelly. God yeah. damn. I can't keep up with your big ass. Yeah, no. He's and, got um, stamina, dude. We, uh... We stayed in contact over the phone, you know, throughout the couple, after the after the uh, tour, and then Jelly got locked up. Mm. And uh, as a matter of fact, Fat Boy from Jackson, Tennessee, calls me one day and he's like, "Yo, Jelly rolls out of jail." And it had been like a, f- a couple few years or whatever since I talked to him. I'm like, damn, for real? He's like, also, I got a feature from Jelly because he just got out and he was trying to get some money in his pocket. So I threw him a few hundred dollars, whatever, drop on the song. He was like, but you got a bigger platform than I got. Can I give you the song and you put it on your next mixtape? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. So Jelly found out about that. And he was like, he calls me. He's like, what's up, Bubba? I'm fucking free. And I was like, man, I know I, up, I know I heard, man. I was like, what are you doing? He was like, 
Man, not shit in the studio. Been in a goddamn studio ever since I got home. And I ain't left this bitch. I've been sleeping on the couch, getting up and rapping some more and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's what's up, man. He goes, look, man, what are you, what are you doing today, Bubba? And I was like, not shit. It was like a Wednesday, like 10 o'clock in the morning. He Sounds like, like my husband's manic ass. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what, he's like, what are you doing today, Bubba? I was like, I'm absolutely, absolutely nothing, to be honest. He was like, well, listen here. I got about 40 fucking songs I want you to hear. You need to come to Nashville today. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Jay. I was like, oh, okay. he does that to D-Ray all the time, too. But he, but he said something that and I'm not going to say no names because everybody's going to figure it out on their own. But he was like, when I got out of jail, the person that was supposed to fuck with me the hardest ain't paid me no attention. And I know you got my back. So come see what I got and fuck that other dude. And I was like, all right. Is it the same dude who's not doing anything with his life? <laughs> I think we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're about 99.9999% accurate on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So me, my ex-business partner, and my, my DJ at the time, Flip. Shout out to Flip. Uh, Flip, the one that lives in Washington yeah. now? Oh, yeah, we love Flip. My, that's okay, my very cool. fucking brother from another Yeah, mother. he's a sweetheart. And, I love uh, his whole family. Flip was like... They're awesome. It is, it's funny, too, because on the way there... We pull up. It was when Struggle had his his mass bomb studio in the office building, mm-hmm. and uh, we pull up. Jelly comes out, braids are gone. He's got a Thank fresh God. fade. He's all <laughs> fresh as hell. <laughs> Struggles braids are gone. It's been like four years since I've seen these guys. I was like, man, y'all y'all's glow up is beautiful. <laughs> so Jelly picks me up so tight. He popped every bone in my back and my sides. Doesn't he give the best bear hugs? Oh my God, yes, I love those. So he picked me up. He's like, what are you doing, Bubba? <laughs> You're he's just like, dangling. Yeah, my feet are just like kicking. It. He's got me in midair. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm here to listen to some music, Jelly. He's like, he's like shaking me. He's Aww. like, guess what I just set up for us? I was like, what? He was like, I got us two weeks in Panama City Beach, spring break. We got six shows booked. We leave next week. I'm like, dude, I got kids. I can't just, I got to figure this out. You got to, he's like, you figure I don't it give out. a shit, Bubba. You got baby mamas. Okay. Now tell them bitches to figure it out. Story of his life. That's <laughs> how yeah. he still is. Tell them bitches to figure it out. Take them to their grandparents' house. I don't give a fuck what you got to do. Make them a hundred hot pockets. Put them in the microwave. I don't care. <laughs> he's like, we got five, six shows in PCB. He's like, I'm taking 10,000 deal or no deal mixtapes and we're giving them all out for free and we're going to flood them. And by day like four on in downtown, down in Panama City, almost every car on the strip was jamming fucking no deal or no deal. Aww. And I mean, it was just like we was constantly looking at each other. I'm like, dude, this is it, bro. You're, you're something special, bro. I told him that too when and, I first um, met him. Like even even the first time I heard him sing, you know, the first time I heard him sing, like he would just walk around the studio, walk around the house, humming shit. Mm -hmm. But when we did the Snow album and he sung Pain No More, she won't feel that pain no more. Mm -hmm. And I was like, bro, when did you write that? He said, I wrote that in prison, Bubba. I've been sitting on this for a minute. Mm-hmm. And the chick that was in the car with us is fucking boohoo and crying while he's singing. And I'm like, I'm like, this is what you do to people. I mean, I'm tearing up at watching her crying. I'm just like, Jelly, look, you're one of the most amazing rappers on the planet, but you've got to start crossing the singing mm-hmm. and rapping and do that's your calling, bro. That's why, like, at the rhyming, man, just seeing him up there, man, I teared up so big. It was mm-hmm. just like, God. Yeah, because I saw it before a lot of people did, and he'll he'll he's done a few interviews in the last 
you know, year or so. And he makes sure he lets people know. White saw that shit before anybody did. Mm-hmm. And uh, He loves you. You're love Patrick Lanchall. That's all I hear. so <laughs> adorable when they're together. Oh, no. I love when they're together, it's dude. Like, like, they... You got me tearing up right now. Aww. <laughs> no, Jay really loves you, dude. Like, Hulahan. Yeah, Hulahan. Patrick hey, Hulahan. Yep. He loves you so much. Like, anytime he talks about you, he literally lights up. And, like, he always wants to dedicate so much attention and time to you. That's why he was like real picky about when he sits down with you because he's like, he wants to invest himself in (laughs) your whole situation. You know, it's just the cutest thing. You guys have the cutest relationship. Well, like even at the Ryman when they gave him, you know, when the lady told him about the Grand Ole Opry, like after she walked off and stuff, I walked over and I put my hand on his shoulder. I was like, congratulations. I mean, turn around, pick me up again. What are we doing, Bubba? How did I get here? I said, brother, you are the goat. You deserve all this shit. You're the goat, bro. You're the fucking goat. Man. To the day, to this day, my favorite album that my husband has done is No Filter Two with you. No Filter Two I, is retarded. I fucking is, bump I mean, that shit all the time. Jamming, I jam. We listen. I listen to it on almost every road trip. Dude, I love No Filter Two. I'm like, when can we put this on fucking Instagram and shit? Like, I want to be able to put it in my no stories filter, when I'm half one naked. And two are bangers, man. Yeah. And see, that's why, like, you know, like when. When she reached out to you about the whole West thing, you know, West, no filter one, that was all West pushing that to, mm-hmm. to get that budget for us, to get that tour bus, to yep. get that fucking 10 by 10 backdrop made and shit. You know, just the last couple, the last week, I've really just been just reminiscing on all the shit that mm-hmm. dude really did for all of us. And like, yeah, it was definitely a, a he definitely loss. believed in Jelly like a motherfucker. He believed in me, and it's just, you know. When you got somebody that believes that much in what you do that's no longer here, it's tough, you know? Yeah, especially that somebody that's seen you guys from the beginning, you know, because you guys are such loyal souls, too. That's one thing I do, like, me coming from the West Coast, the men on the West Coast fucking are at each other's throats. They don't give a fuck. They're snakes to each other, and I'll be the first one to say it. But you guys out here have, like, such a camaraderie. Even if you don't really fuck with each other 24-7, you guys fuck with each other. Like, even, you know, me and Jelly's gotten into plenty of arguments and fuck different fights oh, and yeah. shit but like as soon as we see each other again it's like what, it's what was that all about yeah come no. here give me a hug because you guys are brothers There's, that's it's what just it is brothers. it's a brotherly love mm-hmm. it ain't like we're friends we've been doing this we've been rocking for shit since 2004 basically i mean yeah. shoot we're going on a 20-year friendship man mm-hmm. yeah no you guys it's it's definitely special what you guys have Let's navigate into when you and Nicole met. So when did you guys first cross paths? Well, technically, we crossed paths when she was about seven years old, eight years old at a fucking blockbuster, and I didn't even look at her She was renting Little Mermaid. Well, after my Little Mermaid days. Well, it was funny because Blockbuster really was my last job when when Paul said, all right, it's time to start recording. I literally took my shirt off right then, threw my shirt at the manager, and was like, deuces. Rolled out of my homeboy's two-door cup. Well, thank God, because Blockbuster's out of fucking business anyways. Are we good, There's still one left. There's still one left. Are we good? Okay, I was just checking. Is there? Oh, yeah, it's. In, it's Oregon. in Oregon, yeah. It's yeah, called the, it's called the I just watched the fucking. I, I did too. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Was good. You guys want to watch a good fucking documentary? Watch the Von Dutch documentary. It'll blow your fucking mind. Really? We started oh, it. It's we insane. We you started, but get, Crown won that night. Well, get past the first one or two episodes, that and that Dutch motherfucker was, is. Yeah, it's <laughs> it blows your I mind. Watch this. Actually, I made it like the second episode. And you passed out, but I turned it off. Oh, well, Crown yeah, beat me. Crazy. But um, <laughs> all right. So besides meeting when she was seven, when did you guys fast forward to that part? So I was a bartender at 152 on Bill Street which was like the VIP club that was open till 5am that no one ever wanted to go to but everybody ended up there 
Mm-hmm. And he walked up to my bar one day, and my friend Renee was bartending. She was look, she's like, little whites over there. And I was like, oh, hold on. And I just went. I picked up, made crown and croak, and cr- crown and croak, crown and coke. And <laughs> I, I mean, just, you will croak if you drink too many of them. So, <laughs> so I handed him a crown and coke, and he, I was like, here you go, crown and coke. And he I was, was like, like, how the fuck did you know what I like? She's like, I listen to your music. Aww. Like, if anyone offered you anything but a crown and coke, then they're so like yeah. for for like maybe. But the next two to three, four years, every time I would come up there, I would pass all the other bartenders. I two to three, four years it took you to get in her pants? Well, no, I was... I, I mean, was married. She was oh, married okay, gotcha. Time, and I was going through single and, little white mode. Yeah. Okay, I was gotcha. trying to hit everything that had a moist spot on it. Oh, moist. I know. That's the only time a man should be able to use that word. It's when it's <laughs> yeah. talking about a vagina. He did try a that, wet spot. Like, the, general manager a wet was like, spot. <laughs> the general manager was like, she's married, white. Like, Leave her alone. All right, whatever. And then I would bring like bitches from out of town from like being on the road i did come into memphis and i'd bring them in in 152 she either she would do one of two things she would make them a little tiny ass drink that didn't have no alcohol in it to where the bitch would not be fuckable ready or she would double up my drinks to where i'd be just like unable to perform he would come he would get his crown and coke and he'd like order these females like fucking like some pussy ass like sex on the beach shit and i'm like you know she's not getting drunk on those right she's just an actual whore and she's using alcohol as an excuse to be a slut for the night that's like these are facts and And we love whores don't get me wrong i love me a good whore gotta be open about it though (laughs) all right <laughs> She's like, now. don't act like you're not a whore. <laughs> so then he would he would get a like a shot of Fireball or something. I'm like, what well, do you want to take a shot with me? Like, so you want to take a shot by yourself? Because I was like, or he's like, I don't want. I'm not buying shots for these bitches. Like, not, no. I was like, well, I'll take a shot with you because mm-hmm. I'm the bartender. You don't get to buy me a shot, but you're not gonna take shots solo. Nobody does that, right? And he'd be drunk as shit by the end of the night. And looking back now, he'd be like, you do realize you cock blocked me I'm a like, bunch of times. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Whoopsies, didn't mean to. So and it's funny. I just told her this on the way here. Like, um, I'd say like the week before I really asked her out, I, I broke up with like four bitches. <laughs> Because I had a bitch white. in Ohio, a bitch in Indiana. That's how Jay was. A bitch like, in Atlanta, a bitch in Florida. Two like a lot of work. Little scurvy hoes. It was a lot of work. That's why I just got to the point where they all knew about it. You can't each even other. match your socks. How did you keep up with all Yeah, the that's what I say to Jay. Oh, I'm like, you well, didn't, like, how? I called them different names, and then I just started calling all of them babe. Yeah, that's what I do. I call them all baby. Everybody's so, honey and darling and babe. Yeah. So <laughs> I literally was just like, you know what? I'm sick of you bitches. Like, because... Two of them found out a bit about each other and just went on this Facebook fucking rant, calling me everything in the book. He's a <laughs> slut. He's a whore. He's fucked me. And then all these other bitches start chiming in. He fucked me too and left me in a hotel room at three o'clock. Brrr, I'm like, oh my god, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> you're this lucky is this getting was, bad. You're lucky this wasn't during the Me Too movement. <laughs> Jesus, I, told, I swear to God, I told her. I said, there's gonna be allegations in the future. Uh, I, well, I mean, just allegedly. Just up. But so I finally just broke up with these. Four girls that I'd been talking to, you know, I didn't go see them all the time. I just top it up, go see them when I could or whatever. And I just broke it off with all four of them. I was like, you know what? I'm done with bitches for a minute. Let's get back to the studio. Let's get back to the bag. Yeah. Fuck these hoes. Don't worry about the bitches. When the right one comes along, she'll come along. And I swear to God, Bunny, the second I quit looking, I go up to motherfucking sidecar. I mean, 152. (laughs) A buddy of mine had just gotten out of jail. He just did like two years in jail. And it was one of our homegirls' birthday, Tori Hudak. She's a lesbian, so she was going out with like 30 lesbians, and I was, I was going to be the only guy with them. Oh, man's dream. So I'm dream. like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> so I called Paul, my buddy, not DJ Paul, right. my buddy Paul from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Paul, you just got out of jail. You just did two, three years. Mm-hmm. I know you ain't seen 
Scissoring. Dirty lesbians. You ain't seen some drunk lesbians getting I it said, on. Do you want to go with me to 152? Yeah, that's pretty much my whole bar was probably about this sad because I was like in the back corner now and like yeah. all my regulars just swarm. So you like to see the whole club and you see like 30 females just grinding on each other and making out and it's me throwing drinks at them. I'm over here like, Paul's over here like, this has been the greatest day of my life. Uh, He's like, I don't even want to fuck none of these bitches. I was like, well, for this, just to let you know, you can't. You're not. <laughs> they don't want you could try. I've tried. So they, they don't want me. I'm famous, motherfucker. They, you just got out of prison. So it was her birthday night. And uh, I remember I walked up to the bar. I was telling Paul, I was like, I was like, look, it's fun kicking with all these lesbians and stuff because it's cool to just walk in with the only guy with like 30 bitches around my arms and shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, but this shit ain't what I want. It's not, it's not what I want. And I went to the bar and she come out from behind the bar and gave me a big hug, which has never happened. <laughs> Usually it's crown and coke. How you been, White? Good to see you. Well, she kept I'll, it respectful because she I'll was tip married. Her, I'll, tip her tw- I'll just throw her 20, 30 bucks before she can give me my drink. I'm like, here, put that in your, in your boot or wherever the fuck you put that. That's your <laughs> tip for the night. And, uh, she came out from behind the bar and gave me the biggest hug onto my right foot up in the air and like just hold and squeeze me <laughs> and shit. And I'm like, something's changed. <laughs> this ain't the same chick I saw two weekends ago. And one of my homies that worked security up there, Rowdy, Rowdy goes, hey, white, she's going through a divorce. Man, I pounced like a <laughs> no, tiger. No, he yelled it. Yeah, he said, walk- yeah it was no, loud you walked up to me and you were like, so when are you going to be, like, he like, like locked me in behind my bar he's like so when are you going to be single and i was like uh rowdy yells over she's going through a divorce right now i was like i look back at her i look back at her i was like oh really i was just trying to hoard out for a little while and just get all the but Mm -hmm. i guess you just threw me under the bus thanks threw you under the tour bus and i scooped your ass up put you in the cargo department but no like i asked her out did She's you guys like, fuck that night? No, God, no. I, would, God. I, would, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have What kind of proper fucking etiquette is this? I, I, I wouldn't have wanted through, nothing to do with her. We've been through me that so night. much well, bullshit. Your like, friend is the opposite. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I mean, we are yin and yang for a reason. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was just like every woman that I'd talked to in the last five years that I'd been single for my baby mama fucked me that night. Right. And it was just like, no, no. Well, I told him no Well, technically, times. I had to rape Jay. You she know, told me no like four literally. times. I asked her out three times, and finally the fourth time I just walked up, and I said, like, look, I'm not asking you what time you get off work tonight. I'm not asking you what you're doing tomorrow, and I'm not asking you what you're doing next weekend. How would you like to go get sushi on a Wednesday at 7 p.m.? I will pick you up. Sushi? And I will I'll go with off. anybody for sushi. <laughs> well, that's how you get in her pants. You just fucking <laughs> offer her yeah, food. It's a fucking right. aphrodisiac, too. Women love food. So... She ends up sending me a picture or something at the pool, and I'm like, oh, what apartment you at? You got a pool at the apartment? She's like, no, this is my house. My house has a pool. And I'm like, ooh, check. Okay. <laughs> pull up to her I house. had no idea I was a nurse during that. I, I did not know she was a nurse. Wait, I, pull I didn't that know mic. she had her big girl job, too. I, pull your mic down oh, towards your mouth. There you go. I didn't know she had her big girl job, so... I'm like, wait a minute, this motherfucker drives a black Camaro, got her own two-story house with a big badass pool in the back. That's right, check, check. She's a nurse, not just a bartender. That means insurance and, <laughs> and, and fucking salary. Check, check. <laughs> and it just hit me. I was like. Oh, and then I wouldn't come see him until like, my kids were asleep. Yes. No, and I respected that. Babysitter. I, was I respected like, uh, that no? so yeah. much, though. As a father, I respected that so much. Because there's been so many times girls would like, I'm like, well, I got my daughter. I can't go. Why don't you just let her mom watch her? Uh, no, because it's my time. I have my daughter. Yeah. Bitch, if you don't understand that, I don't want you nowhere around me. So when she told me, she was like, I'm not going anywhere until my kids are asleep. And I was like, oh, she's a good girl. 
Aww. I was like, I don't. And then, of course, once I get with her, I found out she's one of the dirtiest-minded, little <laughs> nasty little bitches on the planet. Captain Perv in the house. And then not only that, on our first date, I swear to God, she looked like a fucking librarian. Went, oh, I didn't have makeup on. No skin showing. I wore like showing. a sweater, jeans, because he's used to like booty shorts and my titties he hanging said, out. Like, he said the first date, she looked like a fucking librarian. <laughs> but I, I, I like the librarian look. I mean, it's, I was like, Ooh. I was going to say, so did that, was that part of your plan, though? You were like, yes. look, if this motherfucker really wants to be with me he's gonna just fucking have to deal with what he gets or like is was, was there like a plan it, behind it it was like just like like no filter yeah it was just like this is me this is what i do i'm a mom first yeah i don't it, like i put makeup on for you today yeah I but like it. i probably like won't wear makeup for like five more days bitch, <laughs> I, bitch I don't look like this when i wake up okay <laughs> trust me it's it's a process but see at the same time i i, I liked it because I've obviously seen what she looks like in little tight shorts and her tits all pushed mm-hmm. up and makeup on at the bar when she's working, getting her tips. So to see her just come out of her house, just natural. I think I wore Birkenstocks too. You had Birkenstocks <laughs> on. Yeah, I was like, oh my I God. I went as plain James that could go. He was like, but no, I, I like, did some smart. Nice. I did something very smart on the way there. I told Wendell. It was back when Wendell was working for me. I said, all right, look, we're going to do something right quick, and this is going to tell the tale if this woman's a keeper or not. Stay tuned to next week's episode to see what happens in part two of Dumb Blonde Podcast.